hair is my heritage. White girls pay for my melanin. My lips, my clothes, my swag, my coat. They all want to get got by the white folk, but no, not no more. This generation said, hell no. If you don't love love and you hate for fun, hit the road, Jack, you got to go. I'm black and I'm proud, let me say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud, I love the style. I'm black and I'm proud, I'm a mood to cry. I'm black and I'm proud, let the world hit the sound. I'm black and I'm proud. 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 Pecan's hand, black like sand. This melanin can't come in a can. Instead of Jill and Jack, go cut the check to get the skin pen and tan like Malcolm X. But no, not no more. Kim K got a booted out like the globe. Inject they lips, inject they hips. Hey, praying to the Lord that you look like this. But no, I say hell no. Love skin you in, baby girl, glow. No matter the skin that you been born with, put that lotion on, get a world of show. Pick up your skin, just smile and grin. No matter your color, better love your skin. And no, I'm not a racist. I'm just stating facts. I see a lot of white girls wish they had it like that. Play, I'm black and I'm proud. Let me say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. I love the style. I'm black and I'm proud. I'm a mood crowd. I'm black and I'm proud. Let the world hear the sound. I'm black and I'm proud. 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 Bye. Um, so what is what what's 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 been on our minds since since the last time we chatted? I think honestly, I'm just kind of like, don't let people tell you you're too much for talking about what's important to you. Correct. It feels like it's been so long since we talked, but I think just like a lot has happened since then. Yeah. Opposed to like so much time passing. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> we're just like dead inside. Like, we're so it's dead. Very we're obvious so that we're like, <sighs> yeah, no, it's rough, and uh... you're changing every minute of every day. <laughs> Something yeah. new is going on. Like so many things are happening all the time. I think overall, though, like with everything that has happened over the last time since we talked. I feel like the biggest thing that's, like, in my, the main, what's, like, at the forefront, I guess, of my head is, like, the importance of identity and recognizing your own identity and how the world that we've built allows you to move through it. Um, We were going to record earlier, and it was going to be before the, the Wall of Moms put out their her statement about leadership who are stepping down and and putting the proper people in place to do the things that they are trying to do and I'm just like yes thank you moms (laughs) like thank you thank you white cis hetero middle class able-bodied women (laughs) like you know what I mean I'm like we have to recognize because like it, it can our identities can have a negative effect without intention yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, there's some things like we just can't stop. Like someone um, was speaking at a a gathering that I went to this last week, and he was saying something that I I was like, oh yeah, I totally remember doing that. Like if you've ever been like a resident advisor or like a counselor at a camp or whatever, mm-hmm. they like put you through trainings or like simulations of like certain scenarios that like could, yeah. like, could happen. And he talked about how like. He remembers when he was doing his training, they talked about trigger warning, sexual assault. Um, if a student, if something happened to someone and they were um, sexually assaulted, like, it, and you're a man, like, yeah, you have to understand that you can't just go, like, you need to find a woman <laughs> to, to come talk, talk to, to if, if you're going to be there, but like, know that just your presence and how the world views you, which is a man um, can be harmful to that person in that moment. The more you think about your own identities, the more you can like recognize where it can cause harm and then where you can adjust and like reposition yourself to support instead of mm, taking over. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because that's something I didn't even think about when I first saw the whole wall of moms thing. I was just like, wow, that's so cool. And then there was like a post on Instagram that was kind of talking about how it's like um, moms that are like people of color have been fighting this battle since like the beginning. And 
no one's really recognized them for it. And then when, like, a wall of, like, white moms comes through and, like, does that, everyone's like, oh, my God. And, like, I was the same way where I was just like, oh, moms, great. And then I saw that, and I was like, oh, my gosh. You're absolutely right. And I remember, like, you know, publicly sharing it on my Instagram, just being like, I definitely did, like... The, you know, like, I didn't even think about this aspect of it, and, like, I'm holding myself accountable for not thinking about it, but it's, it's just, kind of like, like, you know, like, there's that, there's, there, there's, like, the, the feeling you get when seeing something like that and realizing, oh, it took the focus away, but that's just been, honestly, the, the biggest problem with how the media is portraying what's going on right now, and actually being yeah. in Portland, it's been frustrating because, um, what people are seeing I have cousins who are in Canada and they're telling me like um is this true I just saw this thing yeah Yeah. I was listening to the radio today like the local voicey news and this guy I don't don't even know who the fuck he was but he was like like, he visited Portland and he just the way they were making it sound like I I can send I can send people a map that um one of my partner's friends made it was like can't do anything in Portland because these protests are getting all crazy and out of hand. It was like where the protests are happening, and it was a small little tiny red dot, and then it was like the rest of Portland. I was like, maybe a couple streets you guys are completely like freaking out. But I mean, other than that, like, it safety is a big thing, and people are getting really freaked out about like just being out there and like the, the craziness and everything. But it's also just like peaceful, be in entire time we're there for speakers i mean the important thing that's not getting recognized is the people that have been there since the beginning all 58 59 days that this has been going on spreading the message and then what the mayor pops out gets tear gassed one time everyone's like i can't believe he even you know came out it's like people have been tear gassed 57 days straight and he comes out one time and you're like what a what a great dude i'm like he's the reason we were tear gassed for the last 57 days you want to talk about that no thank you because <laughs> she's also in Portland was telling me that like yeah. security like you know they didn't know that he was in the crowd when it happened and then like security was trying to like pull him out or whatever and like protesters like you know, pulled out their phones and they were like no Ted how does it feel how does it feel <laughs> they, they went off. they went off like and posted yeah. on our page but there's a video where he's like this is terrible this hurts yeah. I am so upset this is unconstitutional and I'm like and you're like, that's so interesting. Oh, How did you see that? Like, you weren't doing anything. And I'm like, hmm. Crazy, right? <laughs> it's just his opportunity to pop up because this, is, this isn't this is something he has control over. It's something that he wants to show. Like, well, I don't support this. I don't support Trump. I mean, I'm just as liberal as you guys. But, like, totally <laughs> not. <laughs> oh, well. I think that's why, like, I wasn't as, like, I was moved at the wall of moms, but I wasn't, like, that moves so I'm like yo I've seen my mom I've seen my own mother do it already so I'm just like okay like yeah, my just like, more for I the like, looks like a Wednesday yeah like a, it's like a protest on a Tuesday okay cool yeah. but like I could see the effect that it had on a lot of people that was just like oh my god it's it's mothers that are out there crying and protecting the protesters and I'm like it's, it's it's white moms it's, and the only yeah. reason like making such big headlines now is because like they're white white women have such a history of coming off or being advertised as very like fragile very sweet calm and collected creatures whereas you have black moms who are already written as rowdy and boisterous and always there and always in the front and always loud and always doing something so it was just like kind of disheartening to see it in a way like it did it did give me like a little bolster of hope so I was just like all right now like racist 19 year old boys lol at that man um you can't be like oh that's just how it was raised because your mom's standing next so you can't argue with your mother not me my grandmother used to like be in those marches she was like a woman who people would bring poses out on her she'd been attacked before like that like my grandfather walked with Martin Luther King. My great grandfather walked with M- like with MLK and with Malcolm X. So it was just like this stuff that's already been with me 
be forever. And then to see, like, someone else could, like, jump in and be like, we're going to stand with you. But then it's like, again, all the focus goes to the ally instead of, like, the actual cause. So I feel like none of that made sense. But no, it made total sense. <laughs> yes, no, it, it did make sense. Absolutely. And also, like, let's not forget that, like, the Black Lives Matter movement was founded by three women of color. Families, <laughs> so like, <laughs> so it's just like, like okay, cool, nice to see that this is getting recognition. Thank you for coming. <laughs> thanks, thanks for coming to our TED talk. You can go home and be safe again. Like, uh-huh. and not to say that people aren't putting their lives in their lives. Like, I never wanted to come off like me and my own jaded bullshit. I never wanted to come off as me being ungrateful for the allies that we have because, like, honestly, also we could not get this far without our allies. Yes, but you also and should be like, it's oh, just I'm like, grateful for you doing the bare minimum. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, like, I'm not going to get on my knees for you respecting human life. Yeah. My thing is just, like, it's just, it's to me, it's always bittersweet because I know it's something that needs to happen. But then it's also like, wow, people have literally died for this and it's only getting traction now because someone's favorite like Suzanne on the corner who makes pies was making pies for protesters so it's like it's like I'm always grateful but it always is just like a bittersweet undertone it's like wow it's amazing how people only care when someone who someone else who looks like them is like you should probably care about this. And they're like, oh, okay, I'll care about it now. Right. To me, that doesn't make that doesn't make sense to me. And like, that, it make, that, it makes sense to me, but it doesn't make sense to me because, like, I like I grew up in a very multinational, multicultural family. So a lot of my family members don't look like me, like at all. And so being around that, I was always brought like, it doesn't matter what religion you are, gender, sexuality, identifying. I think I said religion. I don't know. It doesn't matter where you are or who, like, where you're from. You do respect another person simply because of the fact that they are a person. And you fight for that person to live simply for the fact that they are a person. And you don't want them to die for hatred. It's like it doesn't make sense, but it, it makes sense, but that doesn't make it okay. Yeah. The way yeah. that's happening. And that's why I'm like, okay, we need to be figuring out, like, how we are presenting ourselves in the world because as much as as much as i know that like all four of us are like you know equally worthy of all of the best things in life and etc cetera, etc cetera, doesn't mean that i also don't understand that we carry different autonomies in the world like yes we're all women but like heather's a white woman and liz and i are brown women kenya is a black what we are viewed differently we are treated differently and it's not that we're out here like blaming things but more just so understanding why it is that these things happen it's just kind of acknowledging who you are and knowing that like we shouldn't be applauding the mediocrity of like yeah. not that like I'm not saying the wall moms in particular but just like in general people like being on board with like Black Lives Matter is like kind of the, the bare minimum you know what I mean at this point I'm just kind of like yeah as you should as you should yeah. but look I might cry I'm so tired man <laughs> I'm so tired I understand Ugh, I'm so tired it's like I am never upset about being black i'm never upset about being bisexual i'm never upset about being a woman because like even though it's really really hard to get this far like i love myself and i know i have days where like i don't but overall in general i love myself i love being black i would never choose to be anything other than what i am but it is just so hard to literally just be born and be a black queer woman it's so fucking hard and it's like and then to have people make jokes about like you you guys heather and i was gonna say well heather and Amelia, you guys know like when trump got elected and people were making jokes 
like, oh my gosh, you're black and you're a woman. Wow, I'll just like hide you in my basement. And it's fine. Like, like as if this was the fucking Holocaust. That is not fucking funny. I am terrified for my fucking life. Okay. Maybe that might be some other people's coping mechanisms. And humor is my coping mechanism, as is for many black Americans. But that shit's not funny. I feel that there is a day where I actually will have to go hide out in my fucking basement. I have a go backpack in my bedroom, as do my siblings, and my mom, and my sister with a newborn baby, and my grandparents. It is so fucking hard. And then when you want to talk about it, it's always just, oh, well, if you guys didn't do this, then we wouldn't treat you like this. It's like, we're not doing that. You guys are the ones who, like, other people are the ones who made it seem like that's what we were doing. Gangs? We're not originally drug gangs. Those are neighborhood protection programs that were infiltrated by cocaine. Thanks, Roosevelt. I was gonna say, and who put the cocaine there? <laughs> it's just uh, so hard, and it's just so much. And there's so many days where I don't want it. Like I used to grow up thinking, like, wow, I really wish I wasn't black, so I wouldn't have to deal with this. And I'm just like, no, no. No, I like being the season that I am. But, <laughs> I, like, uh, you literally, I, uh, there are so many times where I'm just like, oh, I don't think I want to do this because then it'll come off as too black or it'll come off as too this or it'll come off as too that. I was afraid of coloring my hair because I didn't want to be seen as that ghetto or that ratchet chick. And in reality, you know where that, actually, sidebar, you know where that actually came from? The idea of black women with color hair being ghetto and ratchet? It came because during slave times, one of the traditions that black, that black American, black African women had were to color their hair with clay and with berries and with inks. And those were just, those were just the fashions. Those were their traditions. Those are just like the things that they upheld. And to them or to white male slave owners, that made them more desirable. So the slave masters' wives would be jealous because their husbands are spending the night with the woman slaves. And so they forced them to shave their heads and then taught their daughters that coloring your hair was for harlots and whores and dirty people like black women. That's where that actually came. Shout out to the significant role that white women played in history. <laughs> Don't act like I'm just so tired of being afraid to literally just fucking exist. It's true. It's so true. <clears throat> and that's and that's what I mean when I say like that you can't just say this isn't politics, this is human rights because Black and brown bodies are constantly politicized. They don't get to exist. They don't get to exist comfortably. That's not that's not allowed. Like, it just isn't. Anyways, um, on a side note, Kenya's Venmo is at Kenya hyphen King. Oh my gosh. Um I'm tired. Well, I think also too, like, this is like going back to what you said, Amelia, about how black and brown people can't really like exist comfortably it's kind of like the other side of it too where like like kind of like one of those conversations that I get got into on Facebook like whenever day that was and that one person was just like um what are you talking about like ingrained racism like I wasn't a part of that like and I'm sure that you weren't either and it's like no no like every white person needs to realize that they're benefiting from many systems that are there and in place to harm people of color. White people benefit from that every day. So even if you're not going around like hurting someone, you're still benefiting from a system and you need to understand that. I think there's also like the hard, the hard time that people have understanding that is where it's like we can, they can only make decisions based off of the information and experiences that they have, which is not, and it's, you know, if they grow up in like a mostly homogeneously like white area, then like they're really not, they're going to be like, that's absolutely bullshit. That doesn't make it okay because it's still there and there's still like evidence to like prove that it's there. Um, it's really hard for people, maybe at the age that they're at or whatever, to just genuinely accept that their way of thinking just is wrong this is yeah. a perfect leeway yeah because as we know how old was everyone when 9 11 happened very <clears throat> very very young 
like three or something like, like that. Either turning three or turning four. Yeah, something like that. That is why. Um, <laughs> well, because as we continue to talk about, you know, um, all cops are bastards and um, the inequity in many of our government institutions that are put in place to supposedly help us um and thinking along that line with everything that's going on right now with homeland security and and um border patrol and like you know people being deployed into all these different cities um to whatever whatever the purpose is the per we all know what the purpose is it's to incite it's to incite fear because DHS and ICE came from 9-11. Like that whole time, like our parents lived through that at a very like, I mean, they were young adults. They were like in their thirties maybe, right? I was in kindergarten and I was in the morning class. So I like very vaguely remember like my teacher there was a, there was a vibe there was a vibe um and then like we didn't really talk about it in my house because you know for whatever reason and obviously no one's going to talk about it with me I was in freaking kindergarten they weren't like okay so here's the t-, you know but as much as we can like research what was happening during that time we're never going to understand what it felt like as an adult and as the majority of America, well, not the majority, but a lot of Americans being like white Americans, um, the fear that that really instilled in them, pushed only by Congress and and our president at the time. I think like emotionally though, I do get what you mean. It's like, like, like we were all like babies. So of course like we're not gonna understand like what it's like firsthand. And it's like the fear that was decided by that, like you said, that was just pushed by Congress. The fear that that held was just, it was just so much to the point where there are a lot of people who are still stuck in that fear. Yes. Which, like, even though it's like a And zero nothing like that's ever happened here. So it's just a zero. Like, even though it's like a very, very slim chance that something like that could happen again, to so that magnitude at least, or even like the chances of someone being murdered by an immigrant. It's literally like zero point zero 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 something, 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 one. Yeah, but it made everyone very like the fact that even though the chances are so small that something like that still happened, it, it taps a nerve of fear. And then some people just can never escape that. Yeah. Something that I thought that I noticed and I thought was interesting when back in March when the lockdowns were happening how a lot of people were comparing the pandemic to 9-11 in regards that it is, you know, I mean, 9-11 was a national tragedy, whereas the pandemic has affected globally. Not that 9-11 didn't have its effects on certain areas of the world, but not to the extent that COVID has had. So I'm not saying, you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Anyways but that they kept referencing back to it and how, you know, airports were never the same. I don't, I never flew before I, yeah. before 9-11. So like, I only know post 9-11 airport security. Like I only know random searches. Like that's all I remember. The the measures were, for safety were really extended because of that fear. And, and it grew so much that ICE and DHS basically replaced immigration and naturalization service um, it was an agency from 1933 up until uh, 1940 with the Department of Labor and then the Department of Justice from 1940 until 2003. Um, so also referred to as the INS, um, but it ceased to exist under the under that name on March 1st, 2003, when most of its functions were transferred to three new entities, U.S. Citizen and Immigration Services, U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, and U.S. Customs and Border Patrol, with newly created Department of Homeland Security as part of the major government reorganization following the September 11 attacks of 2001. So just recognizing the reason that these institutions were put in place was from fear, 
not completely invalidated fear, but over time, <laughs> a lot of people have questioned like the necessity of the agency and like what it's really doing. Even the Conservative Heritage Foundation and DHS's own Inspector General are kind of like, mm, I don't know about this, guys. Like, I just, I just don't know about this. So, its funding has grown substantially. Um, in an article from like 2018, it says that Congress approved 6.9 billion in appropriations for ICE, up from 3.6 billion in 2005, the first year ICE's budget was enacted. And according to the Center for Migration Studies, the average number of immigrants ICE detained nearly doubled, just over 21,000 in 2003 to 38,000 in 2017. Again, it is politics. They're politicizing bodies for yeah. profit. They're not people to these agencies. It's just so much. And I think as of right now, I've been thinking about this like a lot today lately, but especially like today, because I saw, so we're gonna do like a little side story, story time. Um, there's this little girl who came to our restaurant today with her parents. Her parents are always super chill, dad's super enthusiastic. I don't know why, but he's very enthusiastic, very happy. Um, and so the little girl, like we have outside seating and we have like a garden back there. So she's like playing with the flowers and just like, hey, just wanna let you know, like we can't uh, play, like you can't um, pick out the flowers because like you're fresh and planted. But I gave her her own flowers so she could have her be really happy. And it just like made me so sad seeing this child so happy because I was just like, oh my God, something is gonna happen and she's not gonna be this happy ever again. And it broke my heart and I really cried. <laughs> like, in the bathroom, I was just crying. <laughs> because I was just like, like, I'm just so scared for children right now. I'm just scared for kids. Cause I'm like, by the time I die, I just have this fear that by the time like it's our time to go, it will not have gotten better or it will still be in that moment where you know like you know it has to get worse before it gets better i just fear that it's gonna like get into it's gonna still be in that it's getting worse phase right. and that freaks me out well, that... i got a four month old nephew that shit scares me that shit's terrifying like every time i see his cute chubby little face i'm like oh my gosh jesus please um Give this baby a chance. Yeah. Because there's so many other babies who don't have chances. Like the youngest, the youngest child who passed away under uh under uh ICE supervision was like three months old. It was like a three month old little girl. Like you know how like they're keeping kids in cages. The youngest one reported to have passed away is like three months old. And that shit scares me too, like the fact that even babies are not granted the chance to stay alive simply because someone just deems that they're not worthy of it because of who their parents are or where their parents came from or what they look like at birth. Three months old, your face isn't even fully developed yet. It freaks me out. It should freak everyone out. We should all be stressed out. Yeah, if you're not freaked out. <laughs> I'm stressed for these babies. Yeah. Liz, you had something. Um, it was not in direct, uh, like, context to that, but also just talking about kids and how because they're not in school at the moment, or mm -hmm. talking about going back. Um, I just think like even if they do go back, that these crazy things are happening at the moment. So are you going to? send these kids back to school and sort of just pick up where you left off and either like act like it didn't happen or are you gonna reteach the curriculum and stop lying to them because I almost feel like at this point even if you're first second third grader what are you gonna say you're gonna be like uh, teacher actually um my mom and everyone else just told me that didn't happen and that's <laughs> 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 so, actually, 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 we were we were actually right now I would be like listen yeah they tell you this it's a motherfucking lie and listen all right, what you're gonna say, write this down. Like, <laughs> like, write this down. <laughs> My girlfriend and I were talking about this the other day. Like, when kids go back to school, like, fifth graders are gonna be like, 
what do you want to be when you grow up? And they're like, firefighter, astronaut. I'm like, these kids are going to go back and they're going to be like, hey, Tommy, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he's going to be like a political activist, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everybody else is right now. Tommy gets a high five. Tommy gets a star. Everyone be like Tommy. I wouldn't normally say that, but be like Tommy. But yeah, I just think it's nuts. Like you cannot, you can't just go go back on that. So I don't know. I'm interested to see what's gonna happen. Like as a t- if I was a teacher, like. I, well, it's also I saw something that someone was. I don't know. I didn't check it out. I didn't like read the article or anything. It just was like a headline that some rando shared. Um, preface to this, um, but it was like that schools were gonna start teaching like LGBTQ rights or not rights, but like LGBTQ history in books and I was like okay but um the origins of that are rooted in black femmes black trans women black women so does that also mean that you're going to talk about that or are we just going to start or are you going to be like taking teeny teeny bitty baby steps is that what's happening because knock it off just 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 walk just run like like, you guys today we just decided gay is okay (laughs) the gays and then they're gonna be like so starting way 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 back at stonewall the first gay person showed up (laughs) they stood on a wall and they said i'm gay and everyone cheered and cheered (laughs) and there was no racket And now every June, rainbows just grow legs. They just run around and spread happiness. And they go on a big march. <laughs> I can't. Oh my God, when will they teach kids the truth? Poor things. And it's like it's not to it's not to like disrespect or disregard any of the teachers. Because I know that, especially if you're like a public school teacher, public school elementary teacher, you have very limited sources as to what you can teach and what you're allowed to teach. Yeah. But it's just like, yo, cut that shit. Put like a little tidbit of knowledge every week. Mm-hmm. What you do, like get one of your textbooks and like read through it and be like, all right, kids, find the problem with this textbook and just like, let's discuss. I feel like a and this is one thing too. Public school education, it's not really based on discussion with the students. It's literally just, oh, school to prison pipeline. It's literally just, here's information, memorize some dates, analytical thinking, which is really just rephrase the paragraph <laughs> and regurgitate knowledge to get a certain grade point average to go to somewhere else. Here's some yes, points. <laughs> Here's, here's some things that brings up for me in my brain. The school system was literally built so that parents can work an exorbitant amount of hours a week, and they're ch- it's, it's daycare for kids. They don't actually fucking yeah. DeVos gives a fuck about your kid. She <laughs> does not. Sorry. I don't think Betsy DeVos met a kid. I don't think she knows what a kid is. No. <laughs> Children? Is that like a thing you know of? She's never been. She's never been a kid. She came out 45. She came out 45. 45 and came out. And was just like, let's go. Oh, but no, it's true. And like, I saw a video of moms protesting for schools to open. I saw that too. One of the signs read, children learn parents earn and so much of that so you're like you're you're pretty aware how exploitive the current system setup is right but you just think that's okay okay love that i'm gonna let you rock then i guess because like i don't really i honestly don't even know how to start that conversation right Um, in addition, um, yeah, school systems are inherently racist. Um, SAT uh, testing was initially created by a eugenicist. And if you look at like statistics, quote unquote, or data, 
about certain races and how they do on SATs, people always fail to mention that typically um, white students have uh, are have the resources available, SAT prep courses, like classes and shit. So I never fucking took an SAT prep course. Like I, I didn't take the SAT. I took the ACT. I didn't take a prep course. I didn't buy any of those ridiculous testing books. I was just like, let's just do it, I guess. And then basing that on like what fucking college you get into, like, and and how much money you deserve to go to a college, like the whole. Yeah, I was just gonna say like. <laughs> Some of them are silly. Um, seen lots of silly ones. Um, seen lots of good ones. And yeah, <laughs> I think Amelia in Boise. I feel like you've been seeing probably like the strangest of them all. Mine is pretty specific, but I feel like what you see sometimes is just baffles me. <laughs> I'm scared for you. <laughs> well, I was just telling Heather and Kenya what happened this last week because. The Black Lives Matter chapter in Boise did had a had a rally that they were that was planned for the twenty first last Tuesday. Yeah, the twenty first. It's gonna be on twenty first. Um, I haven't gone. They've only had two rallies before that, and the one before that was on June thirtieth. And um, essentially, what happened was I didn't attend. I drove by, and I was like, "This is literally terrifying. Like, I'm scared just driving through this." sea of like huge white men with the the blue line flag and american flags and trump flags not masked um literally enroaching on a smaller group of protesters at the capitol so from news articles and like other sources and people that i know that were there that came out or like seeing their their feeds and stuff about things that happened um it can be said that essentially, you know, militia, white supremacists, neo-Nazis groups were there and because they exist here in Idaho and even in Boise and surrounding areas. So basically they were they were assaulting, they were yelling, they were being violent, like they, they had guns, like it was crazy. Um, police didn't do really anything because they're those are their people. Right? <laughs> they're like, you support us, we're gonna support you. Like, you know what I mean? Like they were like, mm, whatever. And so I was debating, it was Monday night, and I was like close meeting, and I was debating on whether or not I was going to try and gather some people that I knew here, like enough people that I like felt safe to go to the protest, to the protest the next day. And I was thinking about it, and I was like going through my feeds, and um, one of the organizers, who's not necessarily with Black Lives Matter, but she's just like an activist organizer in Boise, Idaho, and she posted a video with a couple other um, individuals, basically saying that um, a portion of them are not going to attend the rally. Um, a lot of people don't feel safe, and there's nothing in place. They had, the Black Lives Matter movement had it, or chapter in Boise had a meeting with Boise Police Department before 21st to try and be like, hey, um, you guys didn't do anything to uh, protect us last time, so can we like figure something out? And uh, I guess it didn't go well because BLM Boise didn't announce the location of their rally until the day of, um, and everyone thought it was gonna be at the Capitol, so BPD put up like those concert fences mm-hmm. to like separate, like this is where protesters are going, this is where anti-protesters will go, and thought that that would be like helpful or whatever, but the protesters didn't go there. They ended up going to the um, university campus on uh, Boise State and doing the rally there, and so there was just a bunch of fucking anti-protesters down at the Capitol, looking like some fools, <laughs> like, just angry about nothing. They ended up, like, marching and uh, to, like, um, show their appreciation for the police force. I don't know. What have they even done? What have they even done? Tell me. Oh, what they my God. Anyways, back to the video that another group of organizers made. Um, they essentially made, they were like, we're not going to go because safety so instead what we're going to do is we're going to hold an event at this park please wear your mask um but it's just going to be centered around like healing and liberation and there'll be yoga there's just be like uh, resources that from like the community if you want to like but it's not it's nothing political we're just trying to vibe we're going to go hang out at a park and just chat i showed up towards the end of that when 
we all like ended up forming like this circle and just talking about like what does our community need to support these individuals that exist within the community. Um, certain people, certain individuals um, that didn't want us to exist <laughs> found out where we were and they were like circling the park in their trucks. Um, but we were like, whatever. And then like maybe half an hour later, they started shooting off like, like stadium grade gunshot sounding fireworks right above us. So we were like, all right, well, then, like, this was fun. Um, we'll go home because, like, like I was saying earlier, like, people, we, black and brown bodies don't get to exist. We're constantly politicized. Like, like we were people literally just got together in the park to, like, try and yeah. fucking vibe. And, like, even that is just such an infringement on the white existence and that and, and it makes me think of like when companies or schools or institutions or like oh diversity and inclusion i think was you posted it but i saw it a lot of other places but it was like what you're really saying what you're saying versus what you mean yeah. and a lot of that is just like what you're really saying is we as a white community are allowed yeah are allowing you people of color to exist here you're welcome and I think that's that's kind of where like the, the bittersweetness that Kenny was talking about about like yeah we need these voices to stand up for us but we're not gonna be like oh god thank you thank you for <laughs> your acknowledgement of my that I fucking like deserve to be alive like that's not that's not what it is and that's also not to say that like we're, people aren't grateful when when allies like that show up but it's just like understand your autonomy in the world and how that can help and hurt communities. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If you do end up going back wherever you are, if you're someone who is um, protesting and if you do sense um, danger or anything like that, uh, it's okay to kind of acknowledge that it's there because there's some pretty awful people out there. In Portland, we're kind of lucky that there are either they're volunteers, I'm not sure who they are, but they kind of surround the group um, in motorcycles. So they're wearing like things and they're like surrounding the protesters so that like when we're going, um, we do have a protective like, like people who are gonna, yeah, like patrol or like do whatever. But, um, and then, I mean, not, not everyone is kind of like lucky enough to have that. And I have seen some hate like <laughs> farther out east to go, trust me guys, once you get out of Portland, it is, very great place but yeah so definitely needed it over there but i guess open thoughts for me uh recognize your identities <laughs> and also um we didn't need ice before <laughs> we didn't need dhs before um and we probably don't need them now <laughs> get them out of here I'd say mostly, this is mostly for um, my young black women because I can identify with you the most because I love. Just, it is a very, very hard time right now. And we as black women in general have been taught to just put ourselves aside and make sure everyone else is okay first. Um, stop that. Let's, let's, let's break that narrative. You cannot make sure someone else is okay if you yourself are not okay. You know, you can't you can't help fill a glass if your pitcher is empty, my guy. You can't, you know, you have to, you gotta think for the best. Uh, you, you have to make sure that you are okay and we have literally gotten the shit end of a stick for so long and it's just it's time that we as a whole as a collective we take care of ourselves and we take care of each other because it is just it's like I said earlier it's very very hard sometimes to sit down and be proud of who you are when the world's literally telling you that you're not 
allowed to be alive. So for my young, my young women of all shades and origin, my young men, my young non-binary, all my, all my, all my people, especially my people who are at the ripe age of teenagers, like your early twenties, like don't have to know everything right now. Everything does not have to be okay right now, 100% of the time. And it's not going to be all right and perfect and okay, like the entire time. So just acknowledge what you're feeling. Know that your feelings are valid, completely valid. And figure out what you need to do or who you need to go to, to get that shit sorted out, man talk we got people here i'll listen to you <laughs> <laughs> anyone else before we unpack some things um i guess just to everyone who's white you can support these people these lovely human beings but for once in your life, just sit down and shut the fuck up. Gotcha. Just fucking, just stop. Just listen. And sit down. Support from, you can support, but just shut up. That sometimes it's just, you just gotta listen. Yeah. Just hey. stop talking for once god damn it <laughs> no, I something that reminded me but continue read 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 what, what do we have today for uh let's unpack. unpacking yes we're unboxing for today let's take it let's unpack that where we find comments by people um who tend to have a lot but also nothing to say so um <laughs> My partner's a journalist for the Willamette Week, and she wrote an article about statistics. So it's basically this. This article is titled um, "An Average Black Family Cannot Afford a Two-Bedroom Rental in Any of Portland's Neighborhoods." It's true. This is fact. So someone commented on this article: "The media must not distract us with race, but rather focus on the high rents and fat landlords." Okay, uh, immediately. <laughs> Complaining that race is a factor when I'm sure this person is white um, is really infuriating. <laughs> yeah. Because um, if you're upset that race is being brought up, then maybe like look at why that is um, instead of just dismissing it so suddenly because then you're just dismissing. It's like the same idea of people when, are, when people are like, well, I don't see color. It's like, okay, well, now you're just saying that you only see white and that your, I think I said this before, but your value as a person of color is only important to me when it is assimilated to whiteness. So assimilate. So that's what that's saying. Um, also, the pitting against each other, pitting working class against other working class is like, just like real fun. Like, let's not forget the bigger picture here. Like, I found a TED Talk that was like, what are you thinking? Um, the pull, being pulled up by your bootstraps theory. Because it's a fucking myth. Um, first of all. And if you actually looked at, like, the original text in which people used that analogy, it was to say that that is an impossible task. So, <laughs> oh, well, no. you're wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, to this person who's saying, like, let's not make it about race. Like, what, what did they say? They said, let's not make it about it's race. Said, the media must not distract us with race, but rather focus mm-hmm. on the high rent and bad landlords. Okay. Redlining. Redlining is a system that's built to deny bunch of services like rent and loans grants things of that nature better schooling districts 
redlining basically denied mostly people of color, some 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 lower class white citizens as well, but mainly people of color in urban areas. Um, essentially, think of think of like just think of like a neighborhood map, and you draw a little red line around the neighborhood that's mostly black and brown kids and immigrant children. If you lived inside of that area, you were not qualified to receive uh, housing assistance. You're not qualified to receive rent assistance. You're not qualified to go to a specific school district. So you were relegated to just very, very low income schools that didn't have good materials, that don't have um, proper staffing. And while you're there, you're not allowed to have certain medical care so your medical care is very very limited usually just to um free clinics uh that are also very very helpful but not always as well equipped as a full functioning hospital and so when you live in these red line districts it is almost impossible for you to move up in the social ladder because then when you don't have proper schooling you don't get into better colleges you don't get into better colleges you don't get better jobs meaning you are still stuck in that red line district or another red line district that will accept your low income meaning your kids are going to grow up in that red line district and your kids kids are going to grow up in that red line district so it is about race there you, you can't i'm so sick i'm so sick and it's usually it is usually middle class white men Oh, yeah. Saying, I don't want to talk about race. You don't want to talk about it because it's not something that directly influences you and it's not something that directly involves you and it's not something that you can benefit from. Having that conversation, you know? So we're going to make it, we're going to talk about it being about race because it is about race. We didn't make it about race. I kid you, as if black people. If black, brown, indigenous, and other people of color, if race was not real, or if it wasn't so heavily integrated, we would literally be fine. We would be vibing. Like actually just like, not vibing for the sake of not crying, but we would just be like just vibing. This is vibing. We don't want it to be about race. But it is about race because someone in power was like, we need a reason for people to think that we are more powerful so we can keep winning. I found something. Do you have something? Some from Princeton University about the invention of race. Uh And um, they say, this is by the Center for Documentary Studies, um, Princeton University, thank you. Um, The history special traces the development of racial and racist ideas from the ancient world when there was no notion of race, as historian Nell Irvin Painter puts it, up to the founding of the United States as fundamentally a nation of and for white people. Despite the, quote, all men are created equal, end quote, language of the de- de- Declaration of Independence. I can't even say it. <laughs> I can't even say it. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, yeah, so... I don't know how I can get much clearer. <laughs> <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> I'm sure this person's heard of them, so... So, whoever this, whoever this person was that said this comment, it's not... I'm not going to say that it's your fault that <laughs> that you just for some reason just don't understand the concept that at this point everything is about race um even when you don't want it to be it is and it's probably just something you've never like directly had to face so again it's not your fault that this is not your regular like what regular everyday lifestyle that's not your fault at all however we're here to tell you sir or ma'am or they um that's how it is that's that's just how it is it's shitty um none of us want to be here uh we don't want to do this but um hey the world is built off of shit that we don't want to do but have to do anyways so you know read up on it (laughs) 
It's okay to be uncomfortable. We do it all the time. It's fine. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. <laughs> if they actually research something. exercise for people <laughs> if you want to say i'm so like listen like listen this is this is something that i've noticed and i'm pretty sure everyone else knows it too but this is something i want to bring attention for people who don't want to think about race at all think about when you read a news headline about something happening somewhere let's say let's say um there's some big crime that was committed if that person is a person of color the front headline will almost say their names. The front headline will always read, black man does this, Asian man does this, brown, Hispanic, Latino, blah, blah, blah person does this. And then they go through the list of things that they did, even, even past crimes that they've done that had nothing to do with this current crime right here. Now, if a white person does those things, they say, John Smith did this. Adam Parker did this. I'm literally just saying random names. But you, you catch my joke. They right. say your name. When a tragedy happens to a person, they always list it as black man dies at 32. Asian man is attacked at blah, blah, blah. Brown man is assaulted at blah, blah, blah. And then they list all the past crimes that they did. Now, for the white person, if it's a white person the tragedy happened to, not saying that it's justifiable just because the person was white, no tragedy should happen to anybody, just saying it. But they will say, John Smith is murdered by blah, blah, blah. Or even if that thing happened, even if a tragedy happened to a white person at the hands of a brown person, or a black person, or an indigenous person, or an Asian person. John Smith dies at the hands of a black family. So if you really think that things are not about race, just look at the headlines of your local newspaper. There's and it's not about race. There's a really good TED Talk that this guy does about really deconstructing, it's, it's like deconstructing headlines, racial headlines, but yeah, exactly. it's exactly basically what you're talking about, and he goes really in-depth into it. I'll, someone message me, remind me to link it. So, you know, just if you don't want to think about race, maybe you should use your power to help deconstruct the systems that are put in place by race. Period. The end. (laughs) Thank you for coming to our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) America! I didn't want to have to do this, but you left me with no other options. <clears throat> you trifling ass, bogus ass, lying ass, dusty constitution ass, my president is orange ass, brunch ass, bad credit having ass, gentrified ass, golden paved streets my ass ass, Oscar so white ass, ugly ass, won't let people use the bathroom ass, pouring good tea into the ocean ass, alt-right ass, private prison ass, let's wait for the entire story before we start pointing fingers, aka give us time to come up with a story that justifies our mistreatment of people who don't look, act, or think like us ass, bet you won't meet me in the parking lot ass, fake news ass, bad anime dubs ass, Dirty ass, income gap ass, Fox News ass, Salem witch trials ass, moon landed or nah ass, let's give Nicolas Cage another shot ass. Got me taking Spanish all the way through high school and I still only remember Zapato's ass, made in China ass, masculinity too fragile for paternity to leave ass, more guns than people ass, war on drugs ass, high divorce rate ass, what's the opposite of progress ass, boys will be boys ass, country stealing ass, war on Christmas ass, Becky with a good hair ass, Yahoo Answers ass, country music ass, except daddy lessons, Beyonce is fire. 
rusty ass, three-fifths compromise ass, hating ass, getting hacked by Russia ass, swine flu ass, Uncle Sam ass, Snowden ass, Duck Dynasty ass, literally assassinated Martin Luther King ass, praise Obama for halting the Dakota Access Pipeline like he was the one having his skin torn off and frozen on the front lines by water cannons ass. What else can Steve Harvey and Neat Cannon host ass? The Civil War was about economics, not slavery, like slavery wasn't the heart of y'all economics ass. Where is Amazon ass? Steve Jobs died for my sins ass. I'm not even sure if this was a poem. I'm just mad. <laughs>